Mac Power Users, episode 500, David in the Hot Seat. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Mac Power Users. My name is Stephen Hackett and I am joined, as always, by my friend and your friend, the world's friend, Mr. David Sparks. Hey, Stephen. Happy 500. Hey, you too. This is really exciting. It is. I mean, I... It's just, I'm really happy. I can't, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. 500 episodes of Mac Power Users. It's it's really amazing to be a part of this. Uh, I, I want to talk through some things about this episode and then we have some fun announcements. The bulk of this episode is an interview that uh, I did of you back in the summer at MacStock. So there's 150 people in the audience who have already heard it. We swore them all to secrecy though, before we started that they couldn't share anything. So those people will be free of their vow once this episode comes out. Yeah, the NDA is lifted. Yeah, that's right, yeah. That's right. I can't tell if that's a funnier or a scarier joke coming from an, att- an attorney. <laughs> so we're really excited to share that. I really enjoyed going back through it and editing it this past week. And I think people are going to get a real kick out of it. Yeah, me too. Me too. It was a lot of fun. And, and the live audience was awesome. They were so kind. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun doing live shows. We should do some more of those. Yeah. We're working on it. <laughs> yeah, buddy. But to celebrate 500, we wanted to do uh, uh, as many special things as possible. So if you go to the show notes, which I get to say this URL now, relay.fm slash MPU slash 500. It's awesome. Yeah. The first link there is to some limited edition MPU 500 merch. And it all looks really awesome. Yeah. It does. And we haven't done merch on MPU for, for several years now. And I thought we should really do 500 right. And uh, we did. And Steven's been hard at work on this. And we've got some great stuff. I guess let's start from the smallest to the biggest. <laughs> okay. In my head. The smallest is a uh, sticker pack. So we, we have some some new special artwork for, for 500. It very much feels and looks like uh, Mac Power Users. But our designer at Relay FM totally knocked it out of the park. So there's a sticker pack with just some icons on it and the number 500. So I like this. It's kind of discreet. You could put this on a laptop and, you know, people would be like, oh, man, that's a really cool sticker. And then you can tell them the good news of Mac Power Users. I think that's that's the smallest, physically the smallest. And I think with all the stickers you're putting on your laptop, this should be one of them. I've left a little room for this sticker. So all right, it's going to go on there. We've also got these really cool patches, you know, so you want to sew a patch on your jacket or your jeans. You can do that with MPU now, MPU 500 patch. It's awesome. It's really cool. It's got the battery logo on it. It's got the MPU colors. It looks really awesome. We did patches for liftoff a couple of years ago, and I just absolutely love how they came out. And uh, these are These are really cool. Uh, this is one that I, this is the one that I insisted on. I wanted to have patches and I'm going to be putting them on some of my clothes. I think patches are great. <laughs> big, I'm a big patch fan. Up next, I think we have what is the heaviest item. We have a Mac Power Users 500 challenge coin. All right. Could you tell us what a challenge coin is? Because I didn't know until we got on this journey. Sure. So uh, I will say in the show notes, there is a link to my podcast called Ungenius, where Mike Hurley and I talk about weird things we find on Wikipedia. Yes, that's a podcast. We did an episode a while back about challenge coins. But challenge coins, they, they sort of came out of like the military and, and now lots of people do them. 
And it's just a commemorative piece. I have the Relay FM one right here. Listen to how solid this is. It's a real thing. In the military, they are they are given out to people in a unit to build, you know, team feelings and, you know, that sort of thing. But then if you come across somebody in a different unit or maybe someone serves with you for a special mission or something, then they get their own challenge coin as like a, a, to- a literal to- a literal token of their service uh, in whatever they were doing. And it's expanded out past that. Now you have people who trade them. That's really big, especially in sort of military groups. But it's kind of a way to have um, like a little membership pact with somebody else. And the way it's supposed to work is if you're in an environment and you see somebody who you think may have one, uh, it's called presenting the challenge coin. And so I I had this happen to me. I'm going to tell a story to my own embarrassment. I had this happen to me in an airport about a year ago. Someone recognized me and said, hey, I love the shows. Do you have your Relay FM Challenge coin? And to my shame, I did not have one on me. So now there is one in my backpack at all times because I will not be caught out again. Yes. And they're great. I mean, the, these is the same type of coin we did with the Relay. So if you have that one, it'll be similar. Heavy, feels really good in the hand. You can slip it in your pocket when you come to a live Mac Power Users episode and and be part of the club. And it's, it's I, you know, you, patches were your thing. This is my thing. I think this is really cool. And I'm really excited to have one on my desk next to my Relay FM coin. Now you're getting me excited about carrying my challenge coin. I know at some point somebody's going to walk up to me at Disneyland. You can't leave home. You can't leave home without it. <laughs> that happens. You know, the, the one place I get recognized most is Disneyland. Well, it's because you're there the most often. You know, it's, it, it's it just a... happened to me recently. Somebody's like, hey, Sparky. <laughs> <laughs> if you see someone who looks like they're writing podcast notes, it's probably David Sparks. <laughs> yeah. Probably in Batu. Yeah. Probably in Batu. That's right. Uh, all right. But there's more for episode 500. Uh, there is. The the last piece of merch is a really cool t-shirt. It's got the same artwork as the sticker. So, you know, again, sort of subtle, cool nerd people will know what it is. And uh, I think it's going to look absolutely great. I think I think the coolest you could look is in an MPU 500 t-shirt with a, uh, some sort of vest or jacket with the patch sewn onto it and this challenge coin in your front left pocket. I think you'd be the coolest person around. Yes. Maybe you attach the challenge coin to the side, to the other side of your pocket watch chain. Mm. That would be very fancy. That's a power move right there. There you go. Well, either way, I, the merch looks great. We, uh, we really re- appreciate the support. If you want to buy some of it, it is on sale for a limited time to celebrate episode 500. Uh, both Steve and I are very excited about it. I think I'm most excited for this because I can buy this stuff and wear it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess that's the main reason I wanted to do it. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. either way, uh, it's great. Uh, so we've got patches, stickers, challenge coins, and, and shirts. So go load yourself up, and you can find links for that at relay.fm slash mpu slash 500. That's so cool to say. It doesn't get old. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't. This is also September, and I know, you know, we just talked for five minutes about cool merchandise, and a bunch of people are in the process of buying new iPhones and Apple Watches and everything. But September is also Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. And so my urging is to, hey, you know, go spend some money on some nerd stuff, but go spend some money to help save the lives of kids with cancer and catastrophic diseases. I got an email from a listener uh, we've been talking about this for several weeks, and I asked if I could share it, and they said they could. Uh, they're a listener of Mac Power Users and a couple of other shows on the network. 
And when they were a child, they had leukemia and they were uh, cured of that. And now they're an adult and healthy and have a family of their own. And they were just sharing some of their journey with me. And as the father of a kid with a brain tumor, it means the world to me to hear these stories of people who were kids with cancer who are now adults thriving with careers and families. And so many times those stories revolve around or go through St. Jude because St. Jude is a hospital that is treating kids with cancer, not only in Memphis, but really around the world because all of their research for the drugs they use, the therapies they uh, come up with and improve, they share that research freely with hospitals around the world, including with organizations in uh, all sorts of different countries, but also the World Health Organization. It's really neat to see this research get spread around the world. So not only St. Jude kids, but kids all around the planet can uh, receive the best healthcare possible because of the work done here. And the the amazing part of that, if that were not amazing enough, is that St. Jude doesn't charge families like mine a single dime for the care their kids receive. And again, it's the best care on the planet for these diseases. And St. Jude pays for that if you need to travel. So if you don't live, you know, I was fortunate enough to live in Memphis, but if you don't, if you're across the country or across the world, St. Jude is going to pay for your travel. They're going to pay for your housing. They're going to pay for your meals. So you as a family can focus on getting through this together and not worry about financial ruin because of a diagnosis. And that's why what we do in September is so important. This campaign funds all that research, but also funds meals and plane tickets and chemotherapy and breakfast burritos and everything in between that families need to get through this. Uh, So if you head over to stjude.org slash MPU, we would love for you to be involved. Our goal this month was 75,000. As I record this right now, we're almost at that goal. I think by the time this is out, we'll probably be past it, which is amazing. And so we're going to push on through the goal and uh, and keep raising money for this awesome cause. Yeah, we want to just blow away those St. Jude people. This is the first time they've ever worked with a podcast network. And we want all the executives over there to go, hey, man, what the heck was that? We got to do that more often, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Show them the podcast, the power of podcasting. That's what I say. Um, Also, I just want to call out that on the 20th of September, iPhone launch day, Stephen and Mike are going to be together. Mike's coming back to the U.S. Mm -hmm. And they're going to do a six-hour Jerry Lewis-type podcast (laughs) together from St. Jude. What what are you doing, Stephen? It's a a podcast-a-thon. So it's it's like the the radio-thons or TV-thons that in the past we're just adapting it to our deal. It is going to be on video. So in the show notes, I also have a link to the Relay FM Twitch page. If you're not familiar, Twitch is a live streaming uh, site. So you can watch us in real time, talk for six hours. And we're going to, we have a bunch of zany stuff planned and some interviews. And Jason Snell is hosting some sort of game with some people that I, I can't see until then. It's going to be a surprise. So uh, lots of fun I, stuff. I think I'm part of it too. I'm not sure yet. We're working on that. So Yeah, it's going to be fun. And I just want to say, because it's iPhone day, guys, um, we're going to talk about the new iPhones next week. But I was listening this morning to that other podcast you're on with those international gents. Mm -hmm. And I heard you all making fun of the green iPhone. Oh, no. Oh, no. Are you a green iPhone person? You called it the jolly green giant phone or something. I did say that. That that was me, yes. I'm saying the phone... 
is the phone that Yoda would carry. Wow. And it is a phone that I will carry. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Wow. I'm sorry. You need to stop that. You need to stop that. Maybe I'll show it to you on the 20th. Okay. Uh, during the live show. That'd be fun. I'll unbox my Yoda phone. <laughs> yeah, I should have one too. My plan is to pick one up that day. Oh, you're getting a Yoda phone too? No, That's good. I'm not doing the green. <laughs> but um, so yeah, September 20th, it's from 4 to 10 p.m. Eastern. It'll be live on Twitch, but the video should be up on YouTube. And uh, I'm going to try to put the audio in the B-Sides feed uh, at Relay. I've never published six hours of audio, so like we'll see if that works. It's the plan. I make no promises, but that's the plan is to post it uh, in audio format as well. But yeah, if you're around from 4 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the 20th, come by. There'll be a chat room. There'll be people hanging out. Uh, we'd love to to see as many people as we can. But more importantly, stjude.org slash MPU to donate today. This episode of Mac Power Users is brought to you by Eero. Eero is a game changer because it means actually being able to access the internet from anywhere in your house. There's always that one room or maybe that spot in the backyard with an unreliable Wi-Fi connection. And there's nothing more irritating than watching your favorite show and having it stop and buffer. Eero solves this because it blankets your home in fast, reliable Wi-Fi. So you can constantly have strong signal wherever you need it. And it sets up in just minutes. You just plug it in to your modem or router, and you can even manage it from a super simple mobile app. This app lets you do cool stuff like pause the Wi-Fi while you're all eating dinner or get alerts when any device tries to join your network. Aero has fixed all the Wi-Fi problems. No more dead spots, no more buffering. I've had Eero installed in my house for a couple of years now, and it's just great to be able to go out into the yard if I'm streaming a podcast or listening to something on Apple Music and know that it's not going to stutter and cut out because the Wi-Fi reaches every corner of the property. You can get your Wi-Fi fixed as soon as tomorrow. Go to Eero.com slash MPU and enter the code MPU at checkout to get free overnight shipping with your order. That's eero.com slash MPU, and the checkout code MPU will get you free overnight shipping. Once again, that's eero.com slash MPU, code MPU. Our thanks to Eero for their support of this show and Relay FM. I just want to say Stephen's computer says in big words, hit record in Hadeo Hajjag. It's really important to do that's that. That's important. Did you hit record? Yes, okay. it's going. See, it's counting up. It's really great recording live. It's a little odd for me. Instead of having Yoda on my desk, I have Steven next to me. So I'm not sure. Can you talk like Yoda maybe during the show? We'll see. See, we will. How's your weekend been? I am having a great time at MacStock. This is an awesome place. Uh, so many Mac Power Users fans here and just nice people. But the best thing I've seen, Stephen, the whole time I've been here is while we were in line for lunch, um, have you ever been on an airplane or heard the story on the airplane when someone runs down the aisle and says, is there a doctor on the plane? You know, and the doctor stands up. Sure. I'm a doctor. I will help out. Did that ever happen to you as an attorney? Is there a lawyer on the plane? Yeah. And then, and then they throw you out the window. Yeah. We got to lose some weight. Let's go. Um, you're the first out. But the uh, no, we're in line to get lunch, and somebody runs down and says, "Is there anyone here that can suction cup the monitor off an iMac?" And it was it was in the same tone of an emergency on an airplane. I thought the iMac was going to have a baby. And and I love that Stephen, he, he didn't question it. He just said, "I can do that," and he just followed her. 
Just yeah. walked away. I mean, literally, he didn't explain anything. He's gone. So while we're eating lunch, uh, Father John's iMac mm-hmm. got taken down, stripped down to its component pieces. That's right. It had a 4K Retina iMac, and now it has a lot more RAM and SSD, and it still works. That last part's really the important point. I really want to make clear I didn't kill his iMac. I just love that. He had, he like, he took the logic board. I mean, you took the thing apart. It was in pieces. We'll yeah. put some pictures in the show notes. Yeah, it was, that was awesome. But Mac stock is amazing. And anybody that hasn't gone should. Great speakers, but best of all, great friends. Absolutely. The Apple community is a special place. And this weekend is a good reminder of that. I always miss the gathering of the tribe that we had in the old days at Macworld. This is the closest thing you're going to get to it. Yeah. yeah. This episode is going to be a little bit different, as you may imagine. I know a lot of people, including myself, wish Katie could join us. We keep up with Katie. We had a, I had a nice conversation with her about this. She sends her love to Mac Stock, uh, but was unable to join us. Um, but she's doing great, and uh, she is a, a huge reason, obviously, why we're here. I'm in continuing to walk in her footsteps. So um, I wanted to do a special shout-out to our friend Katie. This show is also unusual in that David doesn't know what we're going to be talking about. Can I just say something about that? This is uh, episode 500. I have been intimately involved with the planning of every episode of Mac Power Users. And the fact that you haven't shared the outline with me has been making me crazy. If you had been less crazy about it, I may have shared it. I wrote, I wrote my notes on a piece of paper because you're not going to share your outline with me, so I'm not sharing mine with you. Okay. This is mine. There's no doubt that this is a great time to be in the Apple ecosystem. And I want to help celebrate that with this very special episode of Mac Power Users, because for so many of us, myself included, before I joined the show, MPU has been a part of this world for over a decade. That's a long time. And I thought that today we could celebrate that, talk a little bit about the show, talk about David. So spoiler alert, it's going to be a little bit meta. That makes me nervous, just so you know. Well, this ends in matching MPU 500 tattoos, so... Get ready. So I want to roll back the clock. Okay. So if you're here in the room, you can shut your eyes. If you're listening to this in September and you're driving, please keep your eyes open. But I want to go back to May 5th, 2009. Do you know what that happened that day? I think that's our first published date. It's the first published date of MPU. Yeah. I had to go way back in the archives to find that. I want to paint a picture of what May 5th, 2009 was like. If you had a new iPhone in your pocket, it was the iPhone 3G. Yeah. 3GS was not out yet. The App Store was less than a year old. Like, can you, I can't even, it's crazy. The iPad, not even a serious rumor yet. The iPod Shuffle, the current iPod Shuffle, had no buttons for some reason. It was a terrible iPod Shuffle. Oh, that was no the worst one. Yeah. It's terrible. The stick of gum iPod. The MacBook Air still had its weird flip down door to get to its ports. Yeah. It's a weird time in laptops. The iMac still had a super drive, and the Unibody MacBook Pro was pretty new, but Retina was still years away. Yeah. And the thing out of all of that that gets me, the current version of Mac OS X was Mac OS 10.5 Leopard. Yeah. That feels like an eternity ago. Well, I mean. It was. It was a while ago. It was a while yeah. ago. Yeah. Well, this crazy thing is we spent like probably six months planning before we released that episode so it was even older really all that hot tiger content never made out the door yeah (laughs) no (laughs) spotlight it's new spotlight yeah (laughs) although it really didn't work until leopard anyway it's fine very few things worked until snow leopard which came out 
later in 09. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> it was a long just, time ago. Yeah. I thought that was a fun little. Yeah. That's crazy. So with that in mind, I want to talk a little bit about the beginning of the show. Sure. And how we got here. Because at 500 episodes, I mean, in our, in our community of Apple Podcasts, that's a pretty small club with that big, bigger number of episodes. Although I will say there's a few people here that I think are right up in those. It's true. They're too. all here. I mean, yeah. <laughs> where's Dave? You know, he's, he's got his beat. Yeah. Initially, you and Katie said we're going to do 10 episodes. No, that, that's actually not what the It's not story. true. Um, Katie said we're going to do 10 episodes. Because mm. I, the. She's I, not here to defend herself. Yeah. I, I wanted to make. A show that I wanted to hear and it wasn't on the air. So, but she said we're going to run out of content in ten episodes. And, sure. Uh, I felt like, well, then there'll be ten really good episodes. Thankfully, Snow Leopard came out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Grand Central Dispatch. Yeah, it's a deep. No one, no one laughed at the Grand Central uh, I, Dispatch. I'm joke. with you, brother. I remember. I remember. I even remember the the, the uh, traffic light keynote slides for Grand Central. <sighs> this is why we are good partners. <laughs> Can we just talk about Snow Leopard the rest of the time? Okay. So, anyways. <laughs> So you had a vision that you you wanted this show to exist. You felt like the content was – there was plenty of content there. I wasn't sure, but I knew this is what I wanted to hear, so I'll make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I find that so interesting. I think the most compelling things that people make, not just in technology, but in the wider world, are things that people want for themselves. Sure. Right? Like the best apps on the App Store because someone had their own itch to scratch. You know, a guy making his own car, that's a bad example. It only goes so far, I guess. It doesn't like hard implants and stuff like that. You should go to a professional. I want my own nuclear power plant. Yeah. Don't do that. Okay. In thinking about that time period, so from 09 to to 19, obviously there are a lot of changes and we we could spend the whole time talking about those. But what comes to mind as far as the biggest sea change uh, from that MPU 1 to 500, if if you could narrow it down to one thing that really has changed the shape of what we're doing, what would it be? It's the expansion out of the Mac, Apple becoming a Mac company to Apple becoming a computer company. Um, when we first started, it was called Mac Power Users because that was the only thing that you had power use on. I mean, the iPhone was brand new, and if you recall, it barely had apps. It certainly wasn't something that was automation-friendly. And since then, Apple is added multiple platforms. I mean, the, the TV has become a thing. The iPad now exists. The phone is better. I mean, we continue to get better with the iOS stuff. And, and the show has really evolved with that. I've always felt like, you know, this is the Apple power user show. It's not just Mac power users. And so we do have content for all of that. But when we first started, I had no idea any of that was going to happen. Thank goodness you, you weren't the iPod Nano power users. Oh, yeah, that would have been Short-lived. It's like, there's no buttons. How do we... Yeah. I'm the really new, fascinated Newton with power buttons. users. Huh? Newton power users. Oh, oh maybe there's a, there's a show there. I don't know. I don't know if Relay FM would take that show, but hi, we can hi, talk hi, about that hyper offline. Card, Hypercard power users? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I knew this room would like that one. It's good. It's good. Can we talk about carbon the rest of the time? Yeah, no, let's kidding. do it. I think I know your answer to this one, but... And a show that has such a, a big reach, a show that's been around so long, clearly things have happened because of that. You've gotten opportunities to do things and go places because of this show. What is the your favorite example of that? Um, I don't wake up every day and put a tie on because of you guys. I mean, that's the biggest change in my life. I, uh, I, I didn't start this out with the idea that I would make any money off of it. When we got our first sponsor, they called us. It was Smile. They called, hey, we want to sponsor the show. I said, great. How much should we charge you? Yeah. 
I didn't even know. But the, um, I, you know, it's really, um, I often think, and I know this sounds schmaltzy, but I think about my life before I started kind of publicly nerding out. And I was a relatively, you know, I wasn't particularly happy with my life in a lot of ways. You know, I was happy. I was a lawyer. I did raise my kids, but there wasn't that thing in my life. And doing this has brought, I mean, I have so many friends in this room, but also out there at the other end of this microphone that I never would have had. But it's also changed the way I make my living. It's made me better at everything that I do. I mean, really, I, it's, and it's really something else. Yeah. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. You need a minute? <laughs> Single tear. Yeah, I don't know. it's like I'm not used to doing this in front of an audience. So that, that's the schmaltzy answer. It's good. Yeah. That's what I was expecting. Yeah, it's hard for me to avoid that. I'm an old man. Yeah. Now. Second place, like the Mac Pro thing. What? Is the second place the Mac Pro thing? Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty cool. That was too. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I never, I never thought Apple would invite us to a keynote and make us uh, and have us come in and interview one of their senior VPs. Yeah. We've got to talk about the wheels on the Mac Pro. It's yeah. like a highlight of my career. <laughs> <laughs> the wheels, I know people haven't seen it yet. The wheels are beautiful. They're really nice. They better be. Yeah. Very shiny in the middle. A question we get a lot and a question that I think is sort of an, an interesting one is how we define power user. And I have my answer which I'll share, but I want to hear yours. Yeah, this was a definite, this is why it took us so long to make the first show, because once we decided we wanted to do a, a content, you know, we wanted to make a signal over Noe show. And uh, MP, MacPowerUsers.com was available. That had something to do with it. But also, <laughs> I wanted it to, I always thought of it as an aspirational title. I mean, there's some things I feel like I'm a Mac Power user, some things I feel like I'm not. And that's why we have guests on to help us out. And I feel like the listeners should feel the same way. And the, I think one of the smartest things I did at the very beginning of the planning was I took a piece of graph paper and just drew a line, like from the lower left corner to the upper right corner. And I felt like that is the map for every episode of Mac Power Users. Every episode needs to start basic enough that anybody listening can get something out of it. But it, that line needs to crawl high enough by the end of the show that people who are more advanced feel like they get something too. And if the people who really got it at the beginning fall off halfway through, that's okay. It's aspirational, you know. And yeah. and um, that has been the guiding, you know, force of of show planning up until episode 500 when I got cut out of the loop. You're back in next week. Okay, good. <laughs> that's fine. Good. good. The the way I think about it, I agree with all of that. But the way I think about it, like who is a power user? Who is the show for? And the way I I've always considered it is anyone who just wants their technology to do something for them. That's all it is, right? It's, it's, it, it can be keyboard maestro and we're on the command line doing things, or it can be, hey, I'm using photos and I want to quickly see all the pictures of my family vacation last week. Like yeah. everything on that spectrum is, is using this technology to make our lives better and more meaningful and getting out of the way so we can actually go do life, right? I, I feel this temptation that maybe some of y'all do too. Like sometimes I think about technology as the, like the end unto itself. And that's not right. I mean, technology should empower us to make things, to be creative, to get our work done more efficiently, but it should also get out of the way and do work for us. And I think anyone in that zone is a power user. And to your point earlier, 
it's not just about the Mac anymore. We The iPhone has become a computer. The iPad is a computer. The Apple Watch you're wearing is a computer. Yeah. And harnessing all of that stuff to, like, make things happen in any way makes somebody a power user, I think. Yeah. It's like I've met several listeners here at MaxDoc who have been listening since show one. And my question to them is always, do you still get at least one thing out of every show? And the answer is I don't think anybody said no. Everybody still gets the one thing. And I always think about that in the back of my mind as well as we plan the shows out and plan guests and plan topics is can I give – even people who have been listening a long time, can I give them something out of this time they're going to give us? Mm-hmm. Can I give them something that they can make their life easier? And that's – you know, it's not a really hard mission. Um, it's a very rewarding one. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean it's a simple thought, but the delivery is where it all counts. That's right. Yeah. That's as why you know, I mean, we do a lot of prep on this show. We do, you know, uh, people may be surprised or may not be surprised that we're often working on two, three or four shows at once. And, you know, we're sort of cycling through these different documents and doing our research and doing our prep. And it's more prep than I do for any of my other shows, but it pays off because MPU is something that an an episode of MPU should follow that line, which doesn't come naturally. We have to, you know, we often, one of us will be working on an outline. The other person comes in, like rearranges sections of it to make it follow that line. Yeah. And it's not the way that I think naturally. I'm learning to think that way. Yeah. But it, it also, we try to make things that will last. That if we are talking about the finder, which we did, you know, back in the spring, I think that should be relevant for a long time. Yeah. And the way you do that is preparation. Yeah. In fact, when we went on Relay, when uh, MPU joined Relay, we broke the network. Is what you, That's the word you used to me? Didn't you say we I broke it? talk about my failures as a system administrator. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, the thing is for most, you know, podcasts, after a week, they're, they're no good anymore because a lot of them are news-based. And MPU was the first show you had that had a lot of people downloading significant back catalog. And, and that, now the Relay CMS has much better caching. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about that planning because we've got 500 shows and they average about an hour and a half, sometimes a little longer, rarely a little shorter. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. yeah. This will be the shortest one in a long time, yeah. probably. Yeah. And, the, uh, and then there's usually a couple, at least a couple hours of prep, sometimes much more, occasionally a little less. But I was doing the math on that and you figure out that's 2,250 hours for those 500 episodes, assuming two hours of prep. Yeah. You know, that's a lot of... You counting my editing time in that? Yeah, no, really. And Steven's doing a great job. Isn't he doing a great job with the edits of the show now? Like, I I love... I love... He drops little things and he doesn't tell me about it. Like, you know, we'll, we'll just mention the you know, the, the chime on the original Mac and I listen to the show and I get a little moment of delight because this yeah. guy drops the chime in. I love that. You guys, I just, I, I think that's great. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun to do that sort of thing. Yeah. This episode of Mac Power Users is brought to you by 1Password, the tool that I use and trust to make sure that all of my online accounts from social media to banking and everything in between are safe and secure with strong, unique passwords, as well as two-factor authentication where possible. 1Password doesn't get in your way when you're trying to log in because it's available in all of your devices, Mac, iOS, Android, Windows, the web. It's all available to you wherever you are. And if you're on an Apple uh, device with something like Touch ID or Face ID, 1Password integrates with all that stuff. So it's really fast to get logged in. 
it is back to school season. I know a lot of people are sending kids to school with their own computers, maybe even for the first time. And one password for families can be a great tool to implement. And there's no time like the present. You can set up different collections of passwords for different family members. So you can share the Hulu password with everybody, but not necessarily the credit card password, you know, if you don't want the kids to have that. And it's more than just passwords, banking information, driver's license numbers, software licenses, all of that and more can be stored within one password. So head on over to onepassword.com slash MPU to learn more and to sign up for a free 30-day trial. And when you do sign up, you'll get 20% off. Again, that's onepassword.com slash MPU. I want to shift a little bit to some listener questions. So as the audience knows, I've been soliciting listener questions for several episodes leading up to this. Part I'm nervous about, frankly. Yeah. It's not like <laughs> I'm not reading them for the first time today. All right. Good. <laughs> we have a couple about the the duality of your professional life. Yeah. So we know you as Max Sparky, the lovable host of Mac Power Users and the Max Sparky Field Guides. Yeah. yeah. Saxophone player. But you also have this other side of your career. You you you're talking about wearing the tie. Yeah. That was your world in the in the legal world for a long time. And of course you still practice law. And Josh had this question. I'm so glad someone asked it because I really wanted to to address it. Is how did tech inform your legal career? Did it give you a leg up over people you were working with because you were into this world as well? Yeah, it continues to give me a huge leg up because most of the people in my profession are completely backwards. And it's it's great. <laughs> I mean, I mean I, especially when I was doing trial work, I would show up and this is in the old days before the Mac was cool. And I'd show up with my Mac and uh, the other lawyer would like snort at me. It's yeah. like, hey, you can see you brought your toy with you, you know. Sure. And they'd have like an assistant and they'd have a IT guy and it would just be a little old me. And and I played it up to the max, to the jury, you know, I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't have that. You know, it's like, it'd be one guy and there'd be like, a lot of the cases I do would involve larger firms on the other side. So they'd be partner, associate, the tech guy. So, so they'd be all those people there and I'd be there and then they'd get up in their presentation, they'd have the wrong cable and everything, you know. And I what I would do is I'd show up the week before and I'd bring donuts to the court staff and I would say, hey, I just want to make sure my machine works. And they're like, yeah, great. And you make friends with them. And, and I'd plug my Mac. And I, so I'd, I'd work and I'd just get up and I would gut them with Keynote. It would, you know, <laughs> and, and they never saw it coming. And yeah. I loved it. And it was, it was because of Apple. I mean, there's so many things. We've done shows on Keynote. And the reason why it's, it's better is, is unfair in some ways because people just aren't used to seeing those templates. And, but, but yeah, it's just been great for me. And the same thing with automation on the end of like transactional documents I write and discovery. I, I'm able to do the work of many with all the yeah. nerd skills I have. It's interesting that that's really kind of goes to what we were talking about a second ago, where like technology should empower us to do more and yeah. do it more efficiently. Yeah. You're like sort of a shining example of that, I think. Yeah. And I live it. I mean, I, you know, people, when I, when I left the firm, people are like, oh, so you want to become Max Sparky full time? I'm like, no, I like helping people as a lawyer. I like helping people as Max Sparky, but also it, it having my hands in it every day really helps me find better stuff for the show too, because yeah. I'm not just sitting here writing about technology. I'm, I'm actually, 
thing. No, I mean, yeah, I don't mean it th- that <laughs> way, know, but, <laughs> but it's just like having to deal with it under fire sure. also gives me all sorts of ideas of ways to make things better. Absolutely. So we have a question from Jan. Okay. Are you peeking? No, I'm not. I can't. I don't have glasses on. I can't see that. <laughs> There's a laptop over here. Yeah. David is known. This is from the forums. David right. is known to be a man of many talents, and I find it very inspiring, which we can all agree. Oh, shucks. Thanks, Jan. How does he balance moving forward in both his legal and nerd careers? And I guess that maybe that can be a past version where you, yeah. or how you want to take uh, that. To, to answer a question very poorly sometimes, you know, and, and particularly when I first made the move out of the firm. If you listen to the, this is a plug for my other show, Focus, but we talk about that and it's, it's been a challenge for me. In fact, at MaxDoc, I'm giving a presentation that's going to address some of that. But it's hard and, you know, it just took a lot of soul searching and, and saying no to a lot of things. But, yeah. but the, the, you know, the short answer is I just do stuff I love and I've gotten really good at limiting that to just the stuff I love. So it gives me time to do that stuff properly. And is that, is that good enough? It's great. All right. I think Jan is pleased. All right. Thank you, Jan. I'm glad you're happy. <laughs> Blake asks, if David could go back and tell himself anything before the first show, what would it be? Um have just have fun i mean the first i think first year i was freaked out with every episode you know and i think i overthought it and uh you know the more you settle into the stuff the better it is really yeah you know what works you know what doesn't you know what you need to focus on yeah but you only get that with experience yeah oh absolutely i mean i think when you, you were talking about when you first went indie if you will uh i was thinking about my experience with that and my experience was very similar to yours where I was doing too much and didn't know what I should focus on. And I basically flamed out super early and had to kind of really step back and and regroup. And I think that's true of any project, not just if you're independent, but anything we do as nerds, we can get too far into it. We get too deep and we kind of got to get pulled out sometimes to see the bigger picture. I was, um, this is something I don't think we've ever shared on air, but you and I and some friends went out to tea in San Francisco and you just you you just looked you had your head you know you had your palm on your forehead and I could just tell you're in a lot and me and a few other folks said you yeah, know you Jason just, Snell yeah we just, you got to quit you got to quit that job and just go all in with relay I did and and then through the lunch it, like I could tell he was going to do it and then I walked away from there thinking what have I done <laughs> <laughs> I'm friends with his wife yeah. He has three small children. What have I done? (laughs) I'm glad it worked out. Let's just say that. (laughs) Oh, me too. (laughs) So is my wife. (laughs) Yeah, you guys really ganged up on me in hindsight. Really unfair. Dennis asked if you could have anyone on the show who hasn't been on before, who would it be? That's a good question. I'm going to give a couple answers to that. Okay. I'll tell you one. When Katie was on her last few episodes, I was trying desperately to get Waz on. Because I felt like he was the perfect guest. That'd be awesome for Katie. You know, I wanted to. That was I wanted to be my last gift to her. You know, never worked out. I got a hold of people. It just never worked out. Um, for us, I don't know. Um, you know, I would like to get some of the the automation friendly people at Apple, maybe. But they, you know, they just can't really talk. But maybe I don't know. We we've made inroads. It, it's interesting to me. I think the best guests for Mac Power users aren't necessarily celebrities. I think they're people who get hard work done with their Macs. So it's not what you think it would be, you know, yeah. in terms of the, the, how about you? What would be your ideal guest? I mean, what's your get? 
for like a celebrity standpoint, yeah. I would really love to have Adam Savage on. He was the host yes. of Mythbusters. He does a bunch yeah. of stuff with Tested.com. Yeah, that would be. In fact, I reached out to him at one point because I thought yeah. he'd be good. I, I know he uses Evernote heavily for like these yeah. research projects, and yeah. we could talk him out of that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yo. Yeah. We're going to do the Notes Roundup episode real soon. <laughs> David yeah, I, keeps think, I think we should. Me. I think it's time again. <laughs> Sometimes it shows that we have this big Google sheet of all of our past and future topics. And sometimes like notes roundup ends up there and I just copy it and like move it down, move it down the calendar. <laughs> the never ending quest to email and notes. I agree with you though. I, I find the most compelling interviews we get to do are with people who are just using technology like in their lives to get stuff done. And this is where this episode being out of time is a little weird, but for the people listening in September <laughs> or later, we've had a lot of those recently for you people in the room, it's in the future of people doing like really interesting things and kind of some like unusual, like, like in education and in like public service, like some of these different areas that are really interesting, you know, sheep farming, Yeah. you know, it's got to get done. You got to have Max the sheep farm, we learned. <laughs> and that's what's really interesting to me. I was talking to somebody last night here and my previous life as a consultant and like as a, as both in tech and advertising later, my favorite thing was to get to know a company or a person working in an industry that I didn't know existed. Yeah. I was like, oh, I never thought about this being a problem for some people, let alone like you have a whole company that is the solution to that problem that I never considered. I love that stuff. Yeah, me too. And we get to do that on MPU of talking to people who are using their Macs to run a church or run a school or run a museum or a sheep farm, whatever it is. When you get outside of sort of the normal circles that we all travel in, we get to discover ways that people use technology that we would never consider. And that's always really exciting. And the fascinating thing about that for me as a host and, and hopefully the listeners too, is even though you're, you're doing something completely foreign, a profession that nobody was aware of, usually those people have a good idea that works in other contexts. Absolutely. You know, and that's, that's what I, that's the real magic, you know, when you can do that. It's like you could read my next question. Okay. I cannot. <laughs> this is from Duncan. I love this question. It's two parts. I'll, I'll give you the first one. What's the best power user tip you've learned from a guest in 500 episodes? And then the second wow. part, what's the one you've been given the most often? Wow. <laughs> I figured if any were going to stump you, this would be it. This, this is a good one. It's a lot of episodes. Um, Just got them filed away. Yeah. Um, I don't, you know, I feel like um, some of the episodes we did with Merlin, man, were pure gold. You know, he just had so many good tips. I thought those were good tips, but, um, you know, I, I honestly can't pick one. Like your children, yeah. you can't pick a favorite. Yeah. We, 500 we've, children. We've had so many, and, the, and so many different, you know, we've had people talk about giving presentations to people talking about writing. We've had people talk about sheep farming. I mean, there's just so many different things The the one recently that's still a game changer for me is the, uh, picture in picture out of Safari that you, you gave me. Yeah. Okay. From a listener. Yeah. That was a great one. So, I mean, there's always something. What was the second half of his question? What's the power tip you've been given the most often? Huh. Like, like I guess maybe to say another way, yeah. uh, a common one that maybe unites different types of shows. All of the, uh, the one that people talk to me the most about is a post I did like I don't know, eight years ago about printing the PDF. It's and good. It's, it's a command P and then you hit it twice and it's a little, it's just not even a script. It's just a keyboard shortcut. you hit it again? You hit it twice, and it saves it to PDF oh, automatically. I've been using a little stupid drop-down button. Oh, yeah. You we know, all learned something on MPU. you got to watch a video, man. 
you know, I, that's what I hear about a lot. But, I, you know, it's we try to mo- keep moving, so there isn't, like, a repeated sure. one that often. So I, I didn't really do a very good job of answering that question. Sorry. Well, I learned something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll send you a link. I have it mapped to a keyboard shortcut. So mine is Command, Option, Control, P. Go straight to PDF. Now, in Apple Mail, you have to do it with a separate key. Yeah. Because they added a command, they changed the command. This is a couple operations, uh, operating systems ago. But everywhere else, you hold down Command P. If you make a keyboard shut, shortcut, use the exact same shortcut as to invoke the, the print command. So you hit Command, hold down Command key and just hit P twice. How many people in this room know about this already? Yeah, see, all the wow, MPOs. Wow, everyone but me. Yeah. So and uh, every once in a while, Apple changes it. So I have to do a new screencast every time they uh, they. You know, there's like update. one guy. At Apple, who's like they're in charge of that bit of the code base? Yeah. Like, take it, Sparks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> this time we'll take the ellipsis out, but next time we'll put it back. Man, email. Just is always here. It's always present. Email, email is the first episode. Email was not only the very first episode of Mac Power Users. It was episode we recorded it twice. We've talked about this in the show. The very first episode we finished recording it, and I said, "Hey, you want to do that over?" And there was no pause. She's like, yes. No, that's advice that I give to people on the relay side. We obviously work with a lot of shows, a lot of people creating shows and people just email for advice and things. And that's what I I always tell people is when you're starting a podcast, record demos, record things that, you know, maybe if they're good enough, they see the light of day. But in the back of your mind, knowing that you can use them to experiment with things like format and timing and segments and all those things. Just like, you know, if you're a band and you're not going to like walk in off the street into a record label and record an album, you're going to be working on demos, you know, in your house, in your home studio, on the bus or whatever, and working out the bugs, working out the kinks in your in your craft. And then when you're ready to release something, it's ready to go. And, you know, MPU episode zero, I guess, if we could call it that, is a really good example of it. Yeah. Funny story. Rose and I, when we made automators, we made several episodes that we intended to release, but we made them as kind of test episodes. Right. And then we went to WWDC last year and Apple announced Siri shortcuts and all the content we had made, just, the whole catalog just evaporated. was just garbage because yeah. of that announcement. So they, I, don't, I don't even, I think we have those episodes somewhere, but they're, yeah. She says we do. She does. She's got them in Dropbox <laughs> yeah. somewhere. Knowing Rose, they're on Dropbox but also iCloud Drive, but also on Backblaze and yeah. an external hard drive. Yeah. She said yes. All right. We talk about backup strategy? No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I would. Yeah. I love backup strategy. I think it's been a while. We haven't done backup in the, in the Hyatt, in the, uh, in the Steven generation, so I don't know. You just put it all on DVD and store it underground. There no, I'm just kidding. Go. That's terrible advice. <laughs> don't do that. If you could change something about Apple, what would be on your list? Huh. I got a list. I know. That, that one is a list. You cannot mention file management on the iPad. Okay, so take that one off. (laughs) That's the top item, gone. (laughs) No, they're getting better at it. I I do think that um, I I would like to see more love for power users, you know, as they become a consumer company. I feel like they lost the, the thread on that during the Mac power users run. But I feel like they're catching back onto it I with the things they're doing. So I'd like to see more of that. I'd like to see more openness on on a lot of things. I feel like that they, they hold themselves back sometimes because they're so secretive. It's so ingrained in the culture. Um, I feel like app, uh, my, my parents were both raised in the Depression. And um, 
were very much affected by the depression. My, like my mom, they didn't have a house when during it. And so their whole lives, that was a guiding force for them. That's why it took me 22 years to leave my law firm. Cause I was raised like you get a job, you do a good job, you stick with the job. You know, it's like, it was, and, and, um, I feel like Apple is like the equivalent of that because the company was so close to failure that um, they don't ever want to be that way again, and it makes them risk averse in some ways that I think holds them back. So I'd like to see them open up and take a little more risks, and also just remember that they're a computer company. You know, sometimes I think they forget. Yeah, I think it's hard for some of us to grapple with the Mac not being the only child anymore. Yeah. Right? It, it was for 30 something years. And, well, 20-something years and the iPod came along, but yeah. then the iPhone and iPad clearly shifted. You know, Apple took computer out of their name yeah. um, around sometime in early iPhone, iPad days. And I think some people have really struggled with that, and I think that that's fine. You know, somebody like me, the Mac is my preferred platform. Yeah. Like, I have an iPad, but I don't really work on it all that much. It's, it's a, a very much a secondary device. The Mac is where I want to be. But even then, I can recognize that the ground has shifted. And I think what's different today is maybe five years ago. To say we had done episode 250 and this question yeah. had been asked. I think then the, the conversation would have been, well, th they're going to phase out the Mac, iOS. You know, this is going to be the future. And what I think we're seeing from Apple now is that the Mac is now just a sibling with these other devices. Yeah. And something like this fall, to, to kind of peg this episode into time a little bit, this fall with like iPad apps coming to the Mac, like they wouldn't be investing in that if the Mac was going to go away. Yeah. You know, it, it, they are bringing all these things, yes, closer together. But I think to your point too, they're doing it in a way that still will work for power users. You know, people who do want and need, and it's not always about need, as we say on the yeah. show. Sometimes it's about want. Sometimes you just want a computer with wheels on it. Who can judge you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just think that, like, if you look at, for a while, I mean, they were making so much money off the iPhone, and it was growing like a rocket ship. Mm -hmm. And Ben Thompson talked about this on Stratechery, and it was about the time that the unit sales flattened with the iPhone that suddenly the iPad and the Mac are getting focus again, and it's like they finally caught up yeah. with what was happening. And, and now it's more of an ecosystem company, and I'm happy about that. Yeah, and I think... It's a great time to be in that ecosystem. You know, one of my answers to this question is it's a very nuts and bolts kind of question. It was like iCloud stuff, a like the five gigabytes is a joke, but that iCloud should be better, uh, uh, even better than it is. And it's come a really long way. That's something else I think that, you know, three or four years ago, we would have said, oh my gosh, like, don't touch iCloud unless you have to do it. And I really don't feel that way anymore. I know you don't feel that way anymore. Yeah. Because they've made really good progress. But in a way, this is going to be a really hot take because it just came to mind. Okay. Well, Future Stephen could edit this out. We'll just have to see. Yeah. iCloud, in a way, is Apple's most important strategic product because it is the thing that holds the ecosystem together. Yes, you can still get a lightning cable and if you have the right dongle, plug it into your MacBook. But they're, they're clearly pushing all of us into this world where iCloud is the glue holding everything together. And I think in a way, that's kind of the most important story of the last couple of years of Apple is, is not that, yes, the iPad getting better is good. The Mac Pro coming back is, is excellent if you need that sort of hardware. 
But this stuff working together and being better together is kind of the biggest story in my mind. And it's, it's one that I think they need to continue to focus on because there are still rough edges and there are still things that need to be better. But I think in a way, Apple doesn't know how to tell that story. I think Apple is still kind of in the time period where we have the Mac and we're going to focus on the Mac. And now it's September, so we're going to talk about the iPhone. And now it's March, so we're going to talk about the iPad. And they sort of go sort of around this carousel throughout the year. And as you know, they pull the golden ring off and it's Mac time and they pull the next ring off and it's iPad time. And I'm not sure Apple itself has really given us like the big picture of how they see a user moving fluidly from one to the other. And I think maybe that's where some of us as power users feel a little bit frustrated because we're not sure if we still fit into that picture. I think we do, but I think Apple needs to do a better job at explaining that from their point of view. And I don't envy them because they had to grow that cloud service not as a small startup with 100 users. They had to start it with millions of users. Right. Yeah, it's not easy. So Not at all. And, you know, we can even in saying like, oh, they should double it to 10 gigabytes. We're like, I can't imagine how much storage space that actually is. Like, it's probably more than like plugging in another like uh, Western digital hard drive in the data center. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. SSDs, they got the money. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This episode of Mac Power Users is brought to you by the Omni Group. Today, I want to talk about OmniFocus for the web. Of course, OmniFocus has been part of the Mac and iOS ecosystem for years and years now. In fact, I think OmniFocus for the iPad is my favorite way to use it. But a lot of us are away from our Apple devices throughout the day. Maybe we have a PC at work or a shared computer at home that our OmniFocus information is not on. Well, that's where OmniFocus for the web comes in. You can get it with an OmniFocus subscription for $9.99 a month or $100 a year. But if you already own OmniFocus, this is what I love about the Omni Group. They're super flexible with this stuff. If you already own OmniFocus, use one the web add-on subscription. It's $4.99 a month. And you get OmniFocus for the web wherever you are. You just log in at web.omnifocus.com. In fact, there's a two-week trial there to check out now. And all of the essential and powerful features from OmniFocus are there. Of course, you have your inbox and projects, but you also have some of the things that make OmniFocus 3 so great, uh, like tags and the flag perspective and the forecast view, which I absolutely love being able to plan out my week. You get view options and notes. And of course, it all syncs with your OmniFocus data on your other devices. So if you want to try this out, if you want to have OmniFocus on that work PC, head over to web.omnifocus.com. And of course, you can always learn more about the Omni Group uh, on their website, omnigroup.com slash power users. Our thanks to Omni Group for their support of the show and for making great software we rely on every day. We're going to move into some... Some fun questions. Okay, I'm ready. Fun for me. Maybe not for you. Uh, A lot of fun okay. for these people. All right. All right, bring it. Peter asks, and he's, he said this is the California thing. All right, I'm California. I can I, do that. I feel like people just say that when they're going to say something weird. Well, <laughs> or, if the shoe fits. Or say something about their feelings. Yeah. Do you prefer corn or flour tortillas? Oh, jeez. That's is, an, is that a California thing? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, thought it was like a gluten thing. No, I mean flour is for rookies. If you're gonna, if you're gonna do it right, you got to go to the corn tortilla. Wow. Not even a question. I did not expect crowd participation on this question. Yeah. Or, or if you have kids, you give them flour tortillas. But yeah, they don't know any better. If you have to do flour tortillas, like if that's your only choice, the trick is to turn on the burner on your gas oven and just throw the flour tortilla over the top of the burner, 
and flip it over a few times. Like directly? Yes. Like tortilla to burner contact? Well, there's there's always a thing the pot sits on, you know? The, oh, yeah. You just lay it on there. Okay. And they, once they start, like, bubbling up, then then they're bearable. Corn tortillas. I think Peter will answer the best question. All right. Thanks, Peter. <laughs> I'm glad I could, could, could explain that to everyone. I think that probably just wraps up the episode. No, I'm just right. kidding. <laughs> I'm not sure we have any more content for MPU now. That's the peak? Yeah. We ended on a tortilla question? I really feel like that's my fault in a way. Yeah. I made this joke earlier, but Ali does want to know if we would ever get matching tattoos. Uh, no. Well, I don't know. I feel like, you know... I, matching is a strong... That's a thing. I, you know... Like, I love you, I, but... And I, I love all the ink you got. It's great. I just, he has a dog cow on his ankle. I just saw it today. It's been there like 10 years. Yeah, and it's like, I was thinking, man, I really did pick the right guy. <laughs> but the... Um, Where do you like, see where the finder logo I is? I feel like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. The, uh, but I, I feel like, uh, I, you know, I, I'm not that old, but I feel like someone of my generation getting a tattoo is a call for help. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Diane has a question about the analog world All right. that you that you dip into. Occasionally. After going back to analog with pen and ink, which we've talked about on the show. A little bit. Mike Hurley sets you into a tailspin of buying pens. Yeah, a little bit. Are you going to come to the San Francisco Pen Show in a couple weeks? I am. I'm going to be in town. Why not? I'm yes. going with Mike Hurley. How can you not if he's going to... It's going to be an expensive trip for you. Not really. I, I can't afford it. But yeah, I'm going to go with him. It'll be fun to walk okay. off Mike. By the time this is out, we'll know if you've lost your house or not due to pen purchases. No, that's <laughs> not going to happen. I'm good. So you're doing the pen and ink thing. What are your thoughts on film cameras, vinyl records, and analog watches? No, no, and if it suits you. Wow. <laughs> no, I don't. It, my daughter got a, a couple of years ago. I've been doing these shows so long. I sometimes I'm afraid I've told this story because this one is is definitely an MPU sharing story. She wanted a record player for Christmas. And I was like, what do you want a record player for? It's like everything. Uh, I remember when I was like 13 years old and my kind of blue miles davis album got melted you know it was because there had a light next to it and i looked up and it had a dip in it and i was just like oh, no. you know it's like i mowed a lot of lawns to buy that you know and the um so it, like when cds came out i was so happy because it was sounded better so my daughter wanted a record player and i really didn't even want to get her one my wife and i were like all right so we get her one at christmas she sets it up plays her first song on a record and then she says to me with complete sincerity how do i make it repeat you got to pick the arm up and put it back and i just i just laughed and walked out of the room i mean i'm like no so i i'm not i'm not that um what is it i'm not that hipster i mean you know, I, I so it was vinyl records never again um what was the second one uh, film cameras. So, no, I did the same thing. It's like, I remember when I was a kid, we didn't have any money. So we had one roll of film every year. There'd be one picture from each birthday and like 10 pictures at Christmas. And that was the roll yeah. of film. Well, the year's year. almost over at that point. You yeah, exactly. We just shoot, shoot the whole roll on Christmas morning. And most <laughs> of them didn't work. I mean, I love digital cameras and I love how much better they make photography. So no oh, yeah. on that one and 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 fancy watches. I I am a nerd. I love this Apple Watch. I love all the data I get from it. It actually makes me healthier because I look at the rings. I'm really disturbed the last couple of days because I was on an airplane and I skipped forward two hours. So that screwed up my standing. Oh, that's the worst. For the day, you know. And then although I, when I fly back home, I'm going to catch up two hours, so that'll be good. And then I didn't get to do my exercise, so I, my rings are a mess the last couple of days. I I love the Apple Watch. I'm not not moving off. 
No comment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not I know. I know. You've got a watch. nice watch there. I feel like you're going down the road of, of Mike Hurley. It says fall. This is a Father's Day present. I really love it. Yeah. I get it. And this watch, my kids will care less about this watch in a few years because there'll be a new and better one. But for me, it's a utility item. Sure. It's not. Yeah. Your Apple Watch Series 4 is not a family heirloom. No. The story about your daughter, like, it made me think they're, they're kids now. So I've got, you know, friends who have kids who are, you know, maybe like high school age, which are older than my kids, but, you know, younger than yours. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what's cool to those kids? Cassette tapes. Yeah. And crazy. I feel the same way about cassette tapes as you do yeah. about records. Like, why would you go back to that? But yeah. there's like what, you know, everything comes back around. Yeah. That's just how it goes. Yeah. One day we're all going to be using Leopard again, and we can listen to those early MPUs and be yeah. set. <laughs> Just kidding. I use Leopard more than I should. Yeah, you do. <laughs> the dock is so shiny. James, this is James, ask a hard-hitting question. All right. Bring it, James. How many days a week does David end up in a Disney property? In a Disney park? Yeah. Um, usually about once every two to three weeks. But since they opened Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, I've been going more often. <laughs> I, I, it's, you know, it's funny. I, um, my wife is working with Disney now. And uh, the bad news about going to work for yourself is you don't get health insurance. But the good news is if you decide you want to work at Disneyland for the day, there's nobody that's going to complain. So, so every couple of weeks, I'll drive in with her and... And I literally, I know the places that you can sit with an iPad and do work. And as geeky as it sounds, it's just kind of fun to go in. And now that they have the Star Wars thing, of course, I'm like a, a man child walking around with a lightsaber. What kind of 51-year-old man walks around with a lightsaber attached to his belt? Me, apparently. But the, uh, I think, but the, uh, but it's fun. I go in at work. And then usually my wife and I get to have a meal together That's when great. she has her break. And then we drive home together. It's, it's kind of fun. It's sweet. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I, um... Uh, we have this mutual love for this place, and that's something that we've had throughout our marriage. And our kids are old enough. We had passes, and then we take the kids. And now the times, we'll, we'll on Saturday night, uh, me and Daisy will be like, hey, let's go to Disneyland. The kids are like, oh, we'll stay home, you know, watch Spider-Man. And we're like, okay, so we'll go without them, yeah. you know? That's a very Sparks household situation. Yeah. Like, any other family here, anyone with kids, like their kids would be like, let's go. You know, like my yeah. kids would be... Like ready to get on the plane. Yeah, your kids are like, I'm just gonna watch Netflix. Yeah, I'll do something else. I'm gonna listen to a record instead. Yeah, they, they come with us too, but I mean, it really has been so. It's been really great for us because our kids grew up there with us, and we do go there, and we still have fun. And it's you know, as your kids get older, anything you can do that 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 they actually enjoy with you is is a win. Mine don't listen to my podcast. Do yours listen to your podcast? No, no. Uh, they came to the live show, and I think that's the first one my kids had ever heard, <laughs> and that was the last one. My wife, too. She doesn't listen to anything. I was very impressed when we were in Chicago in February. Yeah. This year, we did a live show. And your kids, I learned, they're great. They're awesome. But that was no surprise to me. <laughs> but they were just, like, handling, like, your social media stuff. Yeah. They were, like, taking pictures of us, like, setting up. And, yeah. like, the Instagram stories were really good. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to hire them. Well, the Sparks family comes as a team, you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> Whatever somebody's doing, everybody else has got your back. That's it's like coming like the A-Team van, but there's like an Instagram logo on the side. Whatever it is, we, we got each other's back. It's good. Brad asks, well, he, sa he sets up a hypothetical. Okay. David is offered a one-liner in any movie, past or present. Which movie would he choose to make his appearance in, and what would the line be? Uh, actually, that's a real easy one. I'm wearing it on my wrist. 
This is, I don't have a tattoo, but I have a thing. We could change it. I would, I would, uh, I would be the the Yoda's line in Empire Strikes Back: "Do or do not. There is no try." It's good. I like it. All right. Your Yoda on your desk at home. Yeah, that's what he tells me every day. Does he talk? Yeah, to me. <laughs> Does he talk to other people? Nope. Do you, did you bring him with you as like a like he's in the hotel? So no, he no, he's home alone. That's sad. Yeah. Sad he is. <laughs> All right, we have our final question. You touched on it a second ago. Serena asks, what color lightsaber would David choose? I think I'd have to go with blue because I'm a big Obi-Wan Kenobi fan. That was his, his lightsaber. It's good. Yeah. See, I've thought about these things. I know. <laughs> I know what color I would pick because I like the color. Yeah. But I'm afraid it's a Sith color. Uh-oh, what color is it? Orange. It's like kind of close to you red. You know what? I think that's okay. Anything, I mean, but anything that's not red, I'm okay with. I mean, if you had said red, the show's over. Samuel Jackson, Samuel Jackson got a purple one in those movies that yeah, shouldn't be named. I think so orange, anything's I think possible. Orange works. I think orange works. It's kind of cool, yeah. kind of edgy. Yeah, I could see that. You know, but yeah. it's not. It's not Sith. I didn't want to be a Sith. I'm not a Sith. With David. a dog cow in the hilt, carved into them. You just went and he goes, move, move. No, I, I was thinking when you turn it on, it would go. It's good. Like the original startup chime. This has gone places I didn't expect, and I created the outline. <laughs> Those were my questions for you. All right. Uh, I would like to say, as the, the newest member of MPU, to you, the audience, being on the show the last seven months today, nine months in September, time is weird. Yeah. Um, it's been an incredible honor to be on the show. This is a show, you know, I was looking back through the archives because I needed the date and I knew it was 2009. So I was looking through the archive page on Relay and looking at those old shows. And back then I was working at an Apple authorized service provider, taking apart Macs for money, unlike today where I apparently just do it for fun. And I, I have like distinct memories of working in the shop with, you know, the couple of techs who worked for me listening to episodes of MPU. Honestly, like I'm not yeah. just yeah. saying it because we're on stage together yeah. and I want people to cry. Like, it's true. Yeah. And for so many people, so many people here, so many people at home, MPU has been a constant companion for 500 episodes. And so to be become a part of that, it's the most humbling thing that's happened to me in my career. And so thank you, David, for having me on. And thank you, audience, for being so welcoming. It, it's It's been amazing to come into this family and to feel so welcome. So thank you. Yeah, well, well, I mean, when Katie was leaving, I, you know, I had a moment to reflect. I'm like, well, is it time to shut it down? You know, and the answer was immediately no. I love, this is, I mean, I don't know how I would get up, get by without making the show. It's my therapy, you know, and, uh, but also the very first person that came to mind was you. And it's just been great having you on the show. And and making 500 episodes, it, it doesn't feel like it. When we were talking earlier about the first email show, that literally feels like last week to me. You know, <laughs> because it's just so fun. And it, it's like it's it's occasionally when we our show, the way we make it is a benefit for you know folks at home is that because it's not news-based, sometimes we can put a few in the can, like if somebody's going on vacation or something. That's why we're able to get a show out every week. You know, we don't have to take a break because we can just plan around it. When that happens and I have to go a couple of weeks without recording MPU, I get itchy. You know, it's like I can't, you know. It's You're like just I, talking to Yoda about Keyboard Maestro? Yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, so, 
And I just love it. I'm, I love making a show. I love, you know, it's like I said at the beginning, it really, it not only did this show change my life, um, I love hearing how it changed other people's lives too. And it, it really is special. I mean, all of us just want to make a little difference and help people out. And I've been very fortunate with the, for whatever the stars aligned that made MPU special that I've been able to help people out. And it's just, I mean, what more could you ask for? And uh, we are going to be here. We're going to be celebrating show thousand, I hope, you know, and, I'm in, uh, you know, so are you all in? Yeah. So, I, I don't think Apple's going to change anytime soon. And we're going to hopefully by show 1000, I, I'll be stop complaining about the file system in iOS. If they but haven't I'm not fixed it, it by the iOS 23 beta, <laughs> we can talk about it again. <laughs> but I, I, I love making the show and it just feels real special hitting number 500. And I just want to thank everybody here today. It's you guys have been so warm and welcoming. I know that we're among family here at Max Talk, but today uh, for folks listening, there's a bunch of people here wearing uh, Mac Power Users t-shirts that we've sold over the years. And there's just a bunch of people telling me how the shows helped them out in one way or another. And um, you guys just made me feel, it's just like, this is a special day for me. And I really appreciate it. And and having Steven take the lead in the show, I'm really glad because I would have been way more schmaltzy if I wasn't <laughs> restrained. And uh, The tortilla question wouldn't have made it in. Yeah. And, and thank you, everybody. Thank you for coming out. Thank you all.